Good morning, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Dee's Diary. I ask that you go ahead and get settled in so that we can get started. Everybody's got a story. One that has molded them into who they are. So here's my story. Ups and downs, good and bad. Take from it whatever lessons you choose. And if it doesn't pertain, just leave it. Come listening as I share my diary. Cause this is D's diary. D's diary. D's diary. So after my parents split up and I ended up in Guinea with my old lady, and my sister ended up in the Ivory Coast with my dad. Um, we were separated for not too long, but quite some time. So while in Guinea, my old lady was staying with a friend of hers, or I think they all had like combined incomes and gotten a place or so. And we were just kind of living there. You know, your girl was over there speaking French, okay? Je parle français, you feel me? What are my French people? <laughs> um... But then, you know, in Ivory Coast, they speak French, too. So my sister was getting acclimated with the language there. And not much happened in Guinea. We just kind of stayed there. And it was at that time where I was getting a little older, you know, where I was, like I said, speaking French, English, and Fulanese. For anybody who's familiar with that area, um, those are like the different languages they learn there. And uh, so we were just surviving for a little bit of time. And as my dad and sister got settled into the Ivory Coast, they came to Guinea to try to get me. When they came to Guinea, I guess my dad had uh, known some people in, in Guinea. Because you see, at that time, that war had just taken place. And we were all refugees all over in our neighboring countries, such as Guinea, Ivory Coast, Ghana, Nigeria, you know, we were just all in exile. So even though we're in different countries, the Liberians still stayed together. So when he got to Guinea, he knew um, where some of his Liberian counterparts were. He were he was able to go ask them, like, hey, you know, I'm looking for my daughter and and her um, and her mom. So do you all know where? they are and obviously Liberians the community so small they knew where we were so they found us and uh that's how we all got reunited again but he just came to pick me up to take me back to the Ivory Coast so when he took me back to the Ivory Coast uh, it was me him and my sister who got on the plane and went back it was Ivory Coast was such a great experience you know prior to Ivory Coast I was still really young so I really didn't know a lot of what was going on. Obviously, uh, still young, during the heat of the war and everything that happened. But once we were in Guinea, I don't really have memories of it. But when we got to Ivory Coast, that's when I was a little older, you know, maybe around four, four and a half, five. So I could, you know, remember the interactions and one thing that still stays with me to this day, those are some of my happiest memories. In Ivory Coast, we lived in a house full of people. 
and it was so much fun you know oftentimes uh me and my sister always reminisce on those memories like we just remember the house was so full of love and laughter and despite us all not really having a lot of money you know because obviously we our country was still going through war and we were you know in a foreign land but I always just remember it was a lot of smiles like my aunts and uncles and everybody that lived there I just remember like they would play board games together and and it was just starting from good memories those were the first ones that were formed my sister and I and some of the my aunts like younger sister we were all uh, going still going to school all still school age so we used to put our little uniforms on and go to whatever you know school we had to go to and I can always still remember just walking on the dusty roads and it's so weird it's always like the simplest things you remember but yet they were so profound you know like they used to have you know like food on the street where they would sell like oranges or roasted meat or roasted fish or roasted corn cassava and you know going to school <laughs> sometimes we would stop and you know they would buy us some food to eat as we're going to school and we'll, when they pick us up and we're going back home we would just uh get some food on the street it was so good oh my goodness <laughs> it was just simple it was simple obviously kids are never really aware of the big picture so whether the family was struggling or anything of that sort was going on it was not really something we could comprehend but it was just amazing and <laughs> and just like I said because we were in a French speaking country my sister and I and you know kids sponge up language easier my sister and I we made we have friends in the neighborhood and we just would always hang out with them you know like growing up there you it's not like oh it's a school day so you're not playing or anything it's like you come home you change your uniform and you go find your friends or your friends come to your house they're like can you come outside or you go to their house can they come outside and you all just play I'm talking about like in the dirt because you know a lot of the roads were dusty and everything you play in the dirt get like absolutely dirty and it will be so beautiful you know I always remember uh, this one memory where it was raining outside and for some reason me, my sister, my younger brother, we were we were out I think in the backyard or so and we were playing and it was just raining like nobody was thinking oh we're getting wet like it was just amazing and I don't know how you know how we had like the window air conditioned type stuff but where the air condition wasn't there, but where the where it would be, it had um, like bars to the window. It's hard to explain, but a lot of countries in Africa, when they make the window, it has like the outer bars. I don't know how my little brother got in there. I don't know if, if we put him in there, we're playing a game, or he climbed. I'm not sure, but I just remember it was raining outside. <laughs> And um, our dad runs outside and he's like, is Franny come list in the house? How did he get stuck in there? So they were like trying to get him out. But it was like so funny. I just remember us laughing and 
you know? And so we all went in the house, dried off, and just ate and hung out. And I can't remember how many years we stayed in Ivory Coast. I'd probably say about a year and a half, two years. And after then, we all had gone back to Liberia. So my old lady actually, even though she was in Guinea, a few months after my dad had taken me to Ivory Coast so that me and my sister, we all could be together, my old lady actually moved to Ivory Coast herself. You know, she got her own spot. So I guess, you know, um, we used to go visit her on weekends and stuff. But like I said, I, I still really didn't remember her in a sense. And the reason why I'm putting emphasis on this, as you hear in upcoming, um, stories, um, there was an effect of not remembering like who was who in your life, you know, when you are trying to piece things together as you get older or something of that sort. Because the whole time I just, like I said, since those were my strongest memories, I just thought that my younger brother's mom was like my mom. So that's just what I held on to or that's just the only like person I knew. And so that's just, I guess that's just what I kept in my, in my mind. Fast forward, we had stayed in Ivory Coast, like I said, about a year and a half or two years. And then me and my dad and them, uh, my sister, and my brothers, you know, we all moved back to Liberia. So at this time, I guess we were all in the process of coming to the U.S. But I guess as children, we didn't really know what was going on. We just kind of came, went back to Liberia because everything was a little better now. Schools were opened and we had our little uniform on and we just would go to school every day. And I guess maybe we knew we were coming. I can't really remember the memory in terms of that, but we got all our little paperwork and everything done. And we were just in the process, I guess, of waiting whenever it was time for us to come. And my younger brother's mom has a bunch of pictures of us. And you know, during the war, a lot of our pictures were destroyed, especially like our baby pictures and anything of that sort. But she has like all the pictures of us in our younger years. And, you know, it was just amazing. Uh, and in my adult life, when I, when we actually went to visit her and she just had these albums of pictures of us and you're just looking at yourself like, oh my gosh, like I do have little pictures, you know, obviously I took Snapchats of some of it and it's just so weird. Like I said, maybe in the future, I'll, once the website is up, I'll put some of these pictures. So some of all the scenarios you've been hearing about can make some sense, but you know, those are just the bulk of the memories that I have in terms of being in, uh, on the continent of Africa prior to coming to the U.S. So anyway, as we were getting all the paperwork and everything together, and uh, eventually I guess my dad is like, we're coming to the U.S. or somehow we know we're coming. So we were all, I just remember us being really sad and you know, those, those are the only people we've known. That's the only world we've known. And so we just kind of, are saying bye because like even to this day one of my closest aunts 
we she was in the house with us in, in Ivory Coast and like our bond as as that group that's some of my strongest memories that I have. But you know, we're all just kinda crying and saying goodbye. So we get to the airport. I can't remember in detail how everything went. So we get to the airport in Liberia and we're about to fly to the US. So, you know, when you're kids you're about to fly, you don't really know much about much. But then come nineteen ninety seven, I think it was January or February, we land in the US. And there's there's something about arriving in the United States when you're younger that may have a different feeling than when you're older. And some immigrant um, friends and stuff that I have, you know, have said they share similar feelings. Like, it's not really something you can put into words, especially depending on the country you came from. Like, Liberia was, or Liberia is, I should say, is tropical, it's hot, palm trees all over, you're not seeing snow anywhere. And when we came, it was like one of the worst winters, too, in the state we came to. And so snow was everywhere. Like, it was so white. Like You almost want to cry when you're younger. Not that you're sad, but you just can't believe you're here. Because, you know, when you're younger, people you probably always hear people talk about America, 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 America. So when you come here, you're just so excited, you know? And so... We arrived in New York and we went to stay with one of my dad's cousins, you know, which is like our cousin, or our aunt. And so <laughs> my dad always laughs when he tells us the story. You know, kids are so brave, so unaware of the dangers in life. So she tells us or they tell us they're like, you know, um, stay in the house. We're just going right outside to grab something. I think they just went like downstairs in the back or something. And we like went out the front door, <laughs> put our jacket on and started playing the snow and throwing it to each other. It was me, my sister, and my um, younger brother. So we like throwing the snow by each other. So I think my dad and them go in the house through the other door and they're looking for us. We're not there. And they come outside. We're just in the front of the, uh, building just kind of playing with snow my dad's like what are y'all doing this place is dangerous don't y'all know mind you in Liberia like everybody's close like the neighbors there the neighbors are watching your kids someone's always sitting outside so nobody's really thinking about like the dangers of this and that but you know we were out there <laughs> straight chilling the snow and I'm not sure how many days we stayed with her but I just remembered um, when it was time for us to, you know, depart, I guess, go to our different states. My younger brother was going to his grandma, I think it was, in Rhode Island or further up north somewhere. We were going to Maryland. And I remember we all getting ready, you know. I don't think we all really understood what was going on. We just all thought we were about to leave and go to a different place. And we get to, like, either the airport or the bus stop or somewhere and they're taking him away. My dad's like, you know, uh, say bye. So, and then so me and my sister and my brother, we start crying. Because we don't know why we're saying bye. And we 
and then he, you know, his, I think his grandma comes for him or someone takes him. I don't know how he leaves. So me and my sister are just crying because mind you, this is like our homie, you know, this our, this our other counterpart, the three amigos. So he leaves and, um, we're just so sad. And, and I think my dad's like trying to explain to us. I guess as best as he could, African parents don't really explain much. They're just like, okay, you know, everything will be okay. <laughs> Let's go. But, you know, that was, that had a little bit of trauma to it. Like I said, at the moment, I didn't realize it. But in the future episodes, I explain or try to break down how different traumatic events, you know, kids go through when you get older. You don't really understand, you know, those are the reason why things you process things a certain way, but, you know, anyway, so we get on, I don't know if it was the plane we took or we drove, I don't know how we got to Maryland, so we got to Maryland, and I think we took the bus they usually have at the airport, and we got to this house, this apartment, so we get out of my my dad gets out, he gets all our suitcases and everything. So when we walk in to the apartment, we knock the door. Mind you, America's still new. We're still excited. We're here. Everything looks new. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if America smells different or just, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to express it out loud, but internally, like, it's just something you feel is so different, you know? So... We go to the door, we knock the door, and um, I forgot who opened the door. But that's like the first time we met, you know, our other mom and our younger brother. And so we get in the house, and my sister and I are like extremely shy. Because we don't know anybody, we're just kind of (laughs) like... In the African community, we call it uh, JJC. (laughs) <laughs> or Johnny just come. <laughs> it means basically you're fresh off the boat. Like you're fresh off the boat. You just don't know how to act. You're just kind of like, whoa, everything's just new. So we're sitting in the apartment. And my dad is like, you know, trying to introduce us. And then um, he's like, hey, you know, this is your mom, you know. And, you know, this is our younger brother. He was so adorable. <laughs> So we're looking, you know, kids kids always click to each other really quickly. So we click to him and we're like, oh my gosh, we have a another little brother. He was he was so friendly. And um so we, we were still just really shy, I guess. You know, I can't really speak for my sister. Like I said, maybe in future episodes when I interview her and she can share her thoughts. But for me I I was really scared. Because I just didn't know what was going on, you know. I didn't know what was happening. And I just didn't know how to process everything. You know, and at that time, I don't know. I think I just got numb. So I I don't remember if it was like during the day we came or later in the evening. But I remember we all were in the kitchen. We all ate. You know, we're just getting adjusted, basically. Long story short. So we're getting adjusted. We're hanging out with everyone in the house and we're still like oh my gosh I'm in America and it's snowing outside so 
the apartment we went to there was this the living room had this huge glass like the glass was the I guess window but it was almost like the whole wall was glass so you could just stand outside and just not stand outside you could just stand in like the living room area and literally look outside see the fall leaves the snow it's just hard to put into words but it was so new you know and you know it doesn't take kids much to adjust but Within the next few days, I think the following week, my dad had to go put us in school. So we went to the school that wasn't too far from where we lived and got registered and everything. And then the following week, we started school. All I can remember is my first grade teacher, because at that time, 1997, I was about six. Yeah, so February. Yeah, so I was about six. And... You know, they always talk about first impressions are everything, you know, and I guess sometimes we take it lightly, but I can still remember my first actual memory of America, other than like the snow, you know, meeting um, family and stuff, was my first grade teacher. I'm a big advocate of choose your profession wisely because when you don't do that a lot of people get affected and my first grade teacher I guess being a teacher especially to younger kids must have really been her calling because she was my first intro to the U.S. and she did a phenomenal job in terms of like welcoming me to her class like you know, I was already new. I was scared. I was foreign. And you know how kids are bullies. It seems like they're bullies as soon as they come out the womb and they tease your accent and everything. But she was so gentle. Like, if she was saying something that I didn't understand, you know, she'll come to me. She was like, do you understand um, what I'm saying? And, and in Liberia, we spoke English. You know, I still had the French part of me because we had just came from Ivory Coast, but I could, even though I mostly, since I was younger, spoke the broken English, broken Liberian English, or as they call it, colloqua. So it's like I could understand. <laughs> in Liberia, we had this thing where when you hear someone with American accent, <laughs> people always say it sounds like, they call it series. They say they're speaking series. So it just sounds like, you know, how Americans put emphasis on the S's and the S's. So they always say they talk as if they have okra under their tongue. So they're just like, scary, 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 you know. So it's like, I guess it took me a little while <laughs> to process things she was saying. But she would come over, she'd be like, do you understand what I'm saying? If I picked up on her saying that, I'd be like, no. Then she would break it down. She would take her time. She'd be like, it's okay. You can have an extra day to get the work done. And of course, like, you know how the U.S. does when you come here and you got a little foreign accent or, you know, like I said, I still had the French in me. They put me in a ESL class, English second language. Y'all better thank them people because now y'all able to understand what I'm saying. You feel me? <laughs> nah, I wish I would have been speaking my French though. Hey, tu parles français. Y'all hear me? Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> anyway, so they put me in ESL. I can still remember my ESL teacher. It's so weird. 
one time I was moving and I had this box that was I think was labeled like old things or something of that sort and in that box I found a bunch of my yearbooks since first grade and I'm like oh my gosh and you know how in the back of the yearbook you have all your teachers that write everything and so I saw when my first grade teacher wrote um and the other yearbook with my second grade teacher and then with my ESL and like just all these things that you don't remember and then obviously the yearbooks has pictures of you and your ESL people in their ESL classes and everything of that sort and I just I'm just looking at it like oh my gosh like it's so weird how pictures just capture memory anyway I digress so ESL they start taking a little librarian accent out of me they show kill my friends you know and life was just as is and that's how we met a lot of other the other librarians with whom we end up grown grown up with that's where we met everyone and our family and whatnot and you know there's not much on that end other than first grade was over and at the start of second grade before we started second grade, I think my dad had to leave and go back to Liberia for whatever reason. And that made me and my sister so sad because, mind you, throughout our life, what little it has been, that's like the only person we knew who was, you know, like stateside with us. And so... We, I remember, like, in our apartment at the time, we had another wall that was actually a mirror. And I just remember our dad was like, oh, he's about to leave. And we thought we we're going with him, you know, because we, we always traveled with him, you know, throughout the war, going to Ivory Coast, to Liberia. He was just like our person. So he was like, oh, you know, I'm leaving. I'm coming back. You know, so we're like, oh, when are you coming back? Can we come with you? And so we, I, I can still remember my sister and I were standing in front of the mirror when he actually left and the van came to pick him up or someone dropped him to the airport. I can't remember, but we were just sitting in front of the mirror crying together because we were like, oh my gosh, the one person we've like known for like ever is gone, you know? And it was, it was real sad at the moment. I guess we didn't realize the severity of it and it's so interesting because when I got older like I said prior to starting this podcast where I got to talk to my dad for a bit and interview him and just you know just kind of share how decisions parents make and you know they're all trying to figure life out too so you can't really knock them for it but it just really affects people you know but you know, there will be several instances in other episodes when you see we had to be, you know, separated from him again, which came along with its own, you know, sadness or whatnot. But I think that for me started the beginning of some of the, I guess, sadness and I I feel like I experienced as a kid um, and some of the rejection and stuff that 
I think that was the beginning of the time. Mind you, at least I'm still like six years old. Um, so this is like the strongest memory, you know, that's there. So I think my dad, you know, he eventually leaves the same 19, I think the same 1997 or so, if I'm not mistaken, the end of the year. So I remember we're in, and, you know, before I get to that part, oftentimes people who know my older sister and I, when it comes to like our bond, is so strong because literally like that's, you know, after my dad left and everything, that, that's like the one person I've always known, you know, like she came into the world first and then a little while after, a year after I was there and and I remember she and I would like do everything together you know when we came stateside you know our mom had bought us some like Barbies with the hair or whatever so we'll sit in the living room and <laughs> do our doll's hair together and she and I would like do laundry and stuff so I, I can still remember she was like <laughs> She would like push the chair. I think she was like eight. Yeah, she was eight, so I was seven. So we had those stackable washer and dryers. So we would take the little chair and she would like push it to the in front of the washer and dryer. So I would like stand on it and she'll hold the chair and we'll have the little bucket on the floor. She'll be like, pull it out and throw on the throw it in the bucket, okay? Or just hand it to me. So <laughs> So I would, I could just remember I was kind of like pulling it and, you know, taking out the clothes and throwing in the, what is it, the laundry basket. And then we'll put the clothes in the washer and then she and I would wash the dishes. And she was like the one who would like wash my hair. <laughs> it was so funny. Like when we got older, we'd talk about it so weird. Like even though she was a year older, I mean, she was like my, like my own personal person, you know. Like when it's time to wash hair, we take our hair, she would like wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> you put my, put my head under the um the little faucet in the tub and I'd be like, Oh, I can't breathe. She was like, just hold your breath, let me get the soap out but you know, try to imagine her little seven year old voice. And it's so um it's just so incredible when you just like think about the life we've led, you know. But I as for me I think that age or that beginning experience when I came to America, I think that's what, because I was aware of my surroundings, I was a more, you know, I was a lot older and I was more aware. I think that's the process that kind of started me with a lot of feelings of uh, feeling unwanted and, and, and rejection that I feel like I encountered my childhood that ended up following me into adulthood until like, actually recognize it and had to take care of it but you know I remember uh one occasion I like I think it was second grade in like October you know when they had like Halloween or something and I think I don't know I don't remember the scenario I don't know if I didn't like brush my teeth when I went to school <laughs> school that day you know I was yeah I was I was seven I had turned seven at the end of the year and I don't know what it was. So we all went to school for Halloween and and whatever. And I don't know if, I don't know how, I don't know how the situation happened. 
But I know we all came back home and I guess it was time to go trick-or-treating. And then my mom was like, you're not going trick-or-treating. And I was like, oh, why? You know, she was like, because you didn't brush your teeth. I was like, what? I, I don't know how that whole story concluded. And I think my, my little brother, he went to like a little uh, pre-K or kindergarten up the road. And I think they were doing like trick-or-treating and stuff. So my mom had taken my sister, my little brother, my cousin, and then, uh, or two of my cousins. So they all went trick-or-treating. Remember I told you all that there was a glass in front of the, um, or in the living room area where you could look out. So I don't know how long they were going by, like sat in front of that glass, just kind of staring at the window. You know, if I saw a car pass, I'd be like, oh, is that them? Or when I saw all the other kids trick-or-treating, I was just looking, you know, and I remember I, my mom's mom was uh, in the room at the time. So I remember I was sitting from the, the glass and I was just, you know, in the beginning, I was just kind of looking excited, like, oh, is that them coming? Are they bringing candy? And after it was taking a while, I was just sitting in the living room just crying. And I don't know if I was crying loud or whatever. So she came, my grandma came out the room and she was like she was like what's going on so I was just gonna ask her like why didn't they take me you know why didn't they take me so I was, she was just like you know don't worry about it just don't be crying come let's go in the room I think we went in the room we sat down and I don't know if she was watching tv or what we're doing but there was like this bunk bed in the room at the time and then she was just like you know don't cry and I don't know what she did she went and like got me food out the kitchen or fixed something and me and her just kind of sat in a room you know and and they were gone for a while because we probably watched a movie and we chatted and we just laughed you know and that really really made me feel a lot better and to this day like I said anyone who does know me I uh I really appreciate you know my grandma because there's a lot of emotional roller coasters or events that took place that she really just, I guess, helped me through. Like I say, in terms of feeling really unwanted, feeling really rejected. And, you know, children interpret trauma differently. They don't know it's trauma at the time. They don't know how to process it, but in their mind, they know it's like, oh, I'm feeling something, but I don't know how to express it, you know. And I, and I think it, it took a, the feeling, like I said, feeling them once, and feeling rejected, it took a bigger turn. The following year, when I got sent back to Liberia, so I didn't know why, I didn't know anything. So one day I was just kind of in school in third grade. So now this is 1998. So I was just in school one day in third grade and about a week later, you know, they were packing my suitcase and because my dad had come back from Liberia, he was going back. They were packing my suitcase and I thought they were like going to pack my sister's suitcase and everything too. But then coming closer to the day, my dad was just like, yeah, it's me, you going to Liberia. So mind you, like my sister, the one person that I've known for like ever and ever, that bond was about to be broken. And unfortunately, as kids, you don't even get a say in 
in anything. You know, you just deal with how life is. And I guess when you get older, you have to process it. But I, I think that was one of my first very, very, you know, very, very sad events. And once I got to the airport and me and my sister were crying, we're just holding on to each other. We didn't know how to let go of each other, mind you. Once again, this is about our third time getting separated in life and we're on the plane and me and my dad and I'm just crying, you know. I just can't process because now I'm older and I'm feeling it and I know what it feels like to be separated from her. But I just can't process it. And then we get to Liberia, and even though I had just came from Liberia about a year and a half or two years ago, everything just looks new. Everything looks new, everything looks foreign, but the interesting thing about this trip is what blew my mind. But be sure to tune in next week so you can see what took place. Till next time. God bless.